This is a Soulfire production. I have an amazing guest with me here today, Rachel White. We met through my friend Erin Coop, who was on last week. Who's great. Who's great. And she's like, Laura, Rachel was a huge part of my journey, my awakening. You were such a huge part of my journey. Can two of my favorite people meet? And I was like, yes, two of your favorite people can meet. We hung out and we're like, yes, we're friends. We're here. Hello. Would you like to be on my podcast? So one of the reasons why I love Rachel when I met her, I actually realized I'd already been to one of her workshops in the past. And I remember telling her, I was like, the reason why I fell in love with you is you finished leading this workshop and you go, oh, I just need a big burger and a big glass of red wine. And I'm like, I can get down with this girl. (laughs) Um, She is a shaman. She left corporate America, you know, total did that whole world and is now an intuitive healer guide, has her own wellness center. She'll tell you all about who she is and what she does, but I'm excited for you guys to meet her, hear her gifts and just activate, get fully activated. She's going to, she's going to lead us on this journey today. So Rach, thank you for being here. Thank you. And I have to say, I had the best kombucha I've ever had in life at your place, (laughs) by the way. You're so sweet. Yeah, now I'm like, I'm on a kombucha thing because it's inspiring kombucha. Not all kombuchas are created equal, I realized in that moment. You are so sweet. True story. Oh, (laughs) yeah. We met at Seoul. We have some good kombucha there with some aloe in it. Yes. Um, So today's topic, we, we were thinking about calling it democratizing spirituality. And this is a term you've used multiple times in conversation. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Well, it it means many things, but they're all very much related. The first is that in, in totem with my practice, I am really focused on empowering my clients to do for themselves. I will discourage them from coming back a lot, you know, because that could even just be an alleviation of anxiety versus their growth. Um, ethically, I don't like them being that attached to me doing for them versus me giving them tools to do for themselves. Um, the other piece of it is just that there's a, there's a sort of myth around spirituality. If you want to get spiritual, you have to kind of like, you know, go vegan or go into yeah. an ashram or join Nexium. Don't join Nexium. Um, or, or that kind of intense commitment. And my clients have always been spiritually curious, but non-committal and they're busy. So why can't they learn along the way as well? And the other piece of it is uh, I have friends who are very, you know, blessed in their lives and they go on retreats to Miraval and Bali and Tulum and, and that's wonderful, but you do not have to do that. I love that about you. And I love that about um, spirituality. I believe it's the same thing. You can do it in your living room with one or two tools, you know, Absolutely. make it simple, like a few deep breaths and some journaling. Absolutely. And it, it, you're getting the same effect you're using basically the same, what I would call like spiritual technology or tools mm-hmm. that someone with a lot of resources is using. So you don't, you don't need to do that. I mean, people come in from a tarot card reading with me. It's a tarot deck. We're having a conversation. <laughs> I embrace low tech in my world, which is why I didn't know how any of this worked. And I got lost on the way here. Uh, I, love yes. it. I, I love that. And I think that's so important for every single person on the line. What would you recommend as like, five simple tools or even three simple tools to start someone on their daily practice? Like what's most important to you? Well, number one, the most accessible thing, frankly, is an app. And, you know, I'm not a big person, you know, or data, data collection period, but Headspace, you know, Budify, 
Insight Timer in Love particular, um, give you this really easy resource to just schedule basic meditation in your day and just becoming familiar with meditation. All of those apps have different kinds, different people leading them. You can communicate with other people on the app. So you can sort of experiment and see what you like for just, what is it, like $1.99 or $2.99 for just the app. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I always recommend is for people to get some shamanic journeying mm -hmm. music. It stimulates a theta wave state. It's a drumming music at a very specific tempo that puts us in a state where we can epigenetically heal. Mm. It's the same brainwave state as lucid dreaming. Wow. So even if you have no shaman, no training, you don't need it, trust me, it will stimulate your pineal gland. Your natural DMT starts to release into your body. And for people who have a hard time meditating, it's a much more playful, engaging form of meditation where it's kind of trippy. You see things, you experience things. I think you saw like a jaguar or something yeah, when you it, did it. Oh my God. No yeah. drugs. No, no, no. She just was had the music on. I was like, oh, jaguar, now I'm a giraffe. Yeah, and that's a, <laughs> that's a neural pathway thing that everybody has in their brain. It's available to all of us. Um, and the other one that I always just tell clients is get your own tarot deck. Go on Amazon, or if you're you know, not a fan of Amazon, go into a local bookstore or something. Rider Weight is the classic deck. It sells for about 5 to $8. And every day in the morning, just pull a card before you've had a lot of other experiences in your day. And as you go about your day, you're going to start to build a language with that card. Every time I pull this, this kind of event happens or I meet this kind of person. And you'll develop your own intuitive relationship and understand that it's sort of like a data visualization tool for what's already in you. How did all of this come about? So you're this badass businesswoman that had all these intuitive gifts. You're in boardrooms with men. Like what, how, how did you wake up to these gifts and how did you transition into what you're doing now? Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. So I am actually very skeptical, even though I'm very spiritual. So mm -hmm. I'm one of those people until I experience something, totally, I don't really buy it fully. And, and I think that just comes from growing up with, with challenging family dynamics and maybe authority figures don't know everything. So I was very difficult in Sunday school, asked a lot of questions they couldn't answer, wouldn't get confirmed. That was a big drama. Um, but you know, as I was working in my career, I had actually in my early 20s, a very significant spiritual experience mm -hmm. that was undeniable. I was not asleep. It was, there was physical evidence of it that was quite profound. And so I just started reading everything I could, consuming copious amounts of content while going to work. And in a way, it kind of took the edge off of being in corporate because you've got this whole other thing that your brain is doing that's really deep and meaningful and isn't caught up in the day-to-day -day drama that seems to drive a lot of corporate office environments, not always in a negative way, but it's a little, it's a little low stakes relative to, you know, why are we here? Is there a God? All of that. Um, and then as, you know, I sort of started to come out of the closet with it and launch Totem, I would tell coworkers, I, I'm just, I don't have the energy or the capability of duality. It's a problem actually, because I'm socially inappropriate at times. And, you know, they'd make jokes like, oh, you're a witch. Or I had a friend, you know, an older gentleman who really liked a deck. I designed a tarot deck and he's like, but you can't show anybody because you know, you're going to have career problems. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> and, and then, you know, about a year ago, I started to see the writing on the wall with our company. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is not going the right direction for me. I don't think the industry is going to be doing well. So I started to try to plan my exit. I got mm. an additional space in Oak Park for group events or guided meditation and energy work, wrote a resignation letter, like wrote it, was stressed out about it, had a friend proof it and give me advice. 
And I was like, I'm going to send it on like a Friday night because my boss was in London. So I was being passive aggressive and cowardly. Right. And I got a phone call and I was laid off. I was in the first round of layoffs with a bunch of other executives. It was glorious. And he actually called me back to make sure I was okay. He thought I had like a psychotic break because of how calm and happy I was. I was like, oh my God, thank God I didn't send that resignation letter. But I, you know, that shows you too, my readings, I was giving myself, my own intuition. I was, I kept getting the death card. And I was like, oh wow, here's change, it's coming. I have to release and surrender. And so I started to do all those things thinking I would have to initiate the change, but it came to me. Wow. I was prepared, thank God. I feel like a lot of people right now are in that exact same position. And I don't know if your clients are that you're working with are experiencing similar overlap and there's just so much chaos going on in 2020. Uh, What would you share with someone that's kind of on that teeter totter? I would say, start doing the things you can do. Mm. So instead of making the big gesture and the big decision right away, I I saw a space that I liked in Oak Park. I never thought I would pick Oak Park. I was Mm -hmm. looking at spaces in the city, but it was actually quicker to get to. It was nicer. There's no wireless, no EMF, and like all this stuff, right? And just took it. I just remember having this flood of DMT when I was in the space. I was kind of tripping out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it feels euphoric. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Um, started buying, you know, yoga equipment, got yoga training. Now I'm a certified restorative awesome. yoga teacher, you know, things like that. And then left the big thing, the official thing for the end. I've had a lot of clients and friends, energy practitioners leave their day job before they were ready. Mm. And yeah. entrepreneurs, it's the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Making, taking a plunge before you've maybe established some of the building blocks. hundred percent. Having totem for almost 10 years. Wow. You know, so you've been working on this for 10 yeah. years while having a corporate job. I teach people this all the time. Yes. Some of my top leaders were still making six figures in corporate America while building a six figure biggest business on yeah. the side. You can do that. You can do that. It is super manageable in a strange way too. Totem would give me energy for my day job. The day job would give me energy for Totem. They were a relief from each other for a while, like a palate cleanser kind of. And while you're still studying and you're still developing as a practitioner, there is fear. And so I was able to experiment and do without feeling the pressure of making margin in totem. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's because it's I was Teach the same thing. Rachel was making margin. Yeah. So it wasn't a problem. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. And, and amazing advice. I really like that. Are you experiencing any common themes with your clients right now? Yes. Everybody's in a massive trauma body. Yeah. They're and, and I think it's good. Because they're reaching out, they're going in. Um, a lot of people are having unpleasant memories surface. They are looking at people in their life or maybe their job in a very different way, sort of like a dark night of the soul moment of I thought it was this, but it's really this. And, you know, what do I do with that? I think by them engaging in energy work, engaging in self care and, and facing it productively, letting it out. I mean, I have a lot of clients who come into restorative yoga Mm -hmm. and before we lay down, they'll start crying and it's fine. No one cares. It's great. Let it, let it out. They're getting themselves ready for what I believe is coming, which is going to be more chaos, a lot of fear. You know, the the appearance of things is going to be worse than the day-to-day reality, but it's going to, it's going to re-traumatize. It's going to freak people out. So the more you've handled your stuff, the better you're going to be. It's a way of getting very strong so you can survive things beyond your control. 
So outside of letting the emotions come up, what are some basic principles? If I'm at my house by myself, or maybe I have a spouse and they don't really know what to do. How are you teaching people to like, what tools are you giving people to handle trauma surfacing right now? It sounds kind of silly, but you know, not being a therapist, I I go more into the metaphysical. So if, if trauma comes up in an energy session or reading anything, immediately we start talking crystals. I know that sounds nuts. All I can think of when I say things about crystals is Spencer Pratt on the Hills. Do you remember when he had them all over? Oh my gosh. Th- and yes, his friend but that Charlie. Was so long ago. Charlie was like, take all those off and like go look in the mirror. <laughs> and Charlie oh, was I would right. have never thought of that. That is so I know. Funny. It's just one of those random things. So, but for, it, seriously, you know, especially heart chakra trauma, which most of the bad trauma is actually emotional you know, versus physical and some of the others. It's feeling betrayed, feeling hurt, feeling lonely. Um, Really easy trick is smoky quartz, which is very inexpensive because it's kind of considered ugly. It's just a gentle like air filter for your emotions, your energy body, gently pulls it out. You can keep it by you at night. It's not gonna keep you up. It clears itself. You never have to clear it. So it's very low maintenance. Um, another thing we talk about is flower essences. So there's a lot of them. You put a couple drops in a thing of water, drink that all day, depending on the specificity of the trauma, it's going to be a different kind of flower essence, but basically those over a course of like, if you're taking them every day for weeks will help you integrate. If that's a challenge, like if memories are surfacing and you want to process and integrate what those are, monkey flower is a great one. Um, if you're exhausted, like, a lot of people are. Yeah. You know, elm, uh, moss, peat moss, sea moss, flower essence, fern. Um, oleander is really good for like fearing what's coming, mm. even if what's coming is your own career change. Mm. So there's thousands of them. I and love that. Where do you get them? Honestly, there's a really great website called Flower Essence Services, awesome. and they just make a lot. But cool. you can also go, if you live in Chicago, to Mertz Apothecary, okay. and they have various brands, and they actually have like a naturopath working there, the one cool. in Lincoln Square. Cool. They have the books. They can walk you through it. I love that. Yeah. Very I take cool. about 20 every day. I love very, that. Very, very cool. I love that. I've never even heard that before. Um, so that's, how do you personally find peace and chaos? What's your daily ritual? Self-care? <laughs> Well, I'm a, it's going to sound nihilistic, but it's not because I'm very optimistic actually, but shamans are a little different from our other friends. Can you tell us what a shaman is for those that are like, what is she talking about? The word shaman means wounded healer. So a lot of us are individuals that went through trauma or, or difficulties, whether they were physical or, you know, emotional, psychological, et cetera. And in seeking our own healing kind of stumbled upon modalities that we wanted to use for others. So we're not really group people, unlike the Wiccans. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't get together on full moons and stuff. It's, yeah. You know, not our not our thing. But I would say our main focus is on, you know, psychopompic activities, which are metaphysical. So mm-hmm. let's look at your energy body. And, and it tends to be a highly visual um, energy work session. So I'll see things. I'll see things on chakras. They tell me a story. Some of them have names. I'll see your Akasha, your guides come in and do healing work on you. They'll ask me permission. So I am Reiki certified, but it's it's not just that. It's it's a bunch of things. Um, and the goal is just to get people going on their own path. So shamans view divinity as like there's as many gods as there are humans, maybe more. We don't care. It's not, it's not a matter of like you have to believe something. It's about the individual's um, direct revelatory 
experience with what they consider divine and just supporting that. Love that. Super agnostic. Get along with everybody. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's really great. So what, what does a shaman do to have peace in 2020? Well, do you experience chaos? Not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. And I think that started because I had a few minor strokes when I was 31 and I was blind in my eye for several days and they never found the clot or anyway, it was the whole thing. And I, I, seriously believe it blew a little bit of a fuse, like an anxiety fuse. Cause after that, that I neurologically, I felt pretty different, you know, and it actually happened. Do you have to go to the hospital? Like where you oh, out? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. But it happened right after I saw something spiritual, which was amazing. It was like an interdimensional thing. And then pff, like blew a fuse and I'm calmer now. Number one, number two is shamans see chaos as a constant you know, we don't believe that anything is ever guaranteed. So shamans are not into you can control the external. You can control the internal and navigate that way. Love that. So when things fall apart, we go, okay, yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing that we're all these naked monkeys, you know, flesh-colored skeletons on a ball hurtling through the universe at an incredible rate of speed. There's dark matter. There's, you know, like I'm 37. It's a miracle. I'm here to begin with, let alone that long. So that's kind of, we kind of look at the glass half empty as a means of cheering ourselves up. We're like, oh, well, there's no open war. You know, like, you, you know, the thing, sometimes the things that are not here are good, right? Yeah. And there's so many people like that get caught in yeah. the drama, the tweets, the debates, and they get so fired up from it. How do you teach your clients and people to not get so triggered by everything that's going on in the world? Well, number one, me and anyone who teaches at the space in Oak Park, Totem Space, we make a rule at the beginning and we'll ask everybody to not discuss politics. Yeah. Um, it is low vibration. It's going to upset people. You know, they, totally. it's, we want to give them a break from it. But the other piece of it is none of that is directly affecting you in this moment. Like real life is actually happening. And I view, you know, social media and all all of its platforms as a form of passive course of control. As a society, globally, we share way too much that we normally would not in terms of cultural experiences and things that go viral. And it's kind of flattening the human species in terms of individuation, right? So don't engage in that if you can help it. I mean, be informed and, you know, if you want to be a politics nerd, that's great. Get involved and whatever. But that's the other thing is if you're stressed about something, get in the doing and you're going to feel a lot better. I love that. I love yes. that advice. Yes. You know, yelling at someone on social media is only harming you. That's it. It's like a form of self-harming. So instead of that, if you care about an issue, trust me, charities would love your help. Everybody would love your help, even if it's just buying a sandwich for the guy around the corner who's homeless. Like, it doesn't take a lot. It's not, doesn't have to be a lifestyle, but everybody always feels relieved when they're in the doing. So beautifully said. I love that. What are the top three lessons that you've learned this life? I'm sure there's more than three, but. Well, the big one is that there is a spiritual world, you know, because I was even a theology major because I wanted to sort of dismantle belief. (laughs) For a long time, I viewed it as like a thing people do to tell themselves fairy tales to Mm -hmm. either control populations or survive psychologically through life. I don't believe that anymore because of experiences I've had. So that's a big one is there is a spirit world. It's engaged. It's here. It's supportive. It's not scary. 
You know, it's, it's our friend. It's a good thing. Thank God for it. Number two, then, you know, just following along that line of logic is if I go into spirit or I go into my energy, I can shift things in the material world a lot faster than trying to do so externally mm. in 3D reality. This reality, 3D time space is heavy. It's low vibrational. It's why things are solid, like this microphone. This exists. It's, it's vibrating just low, right? And slowly. So if you go wow. into energy, you can shift this without any of the nonsense and the, the slow pace of real life. It's less frustrating. Trust so me. So how? Literally, if I was having an issue at work, and, and this is a specific thing, someone was really coming for me. So everybody I worked with, including very important people at our company, were very concerned I was going to lose my job. I was not. I went into a meditation. I talked to my spirit guides. And one of them said, not only do you not get fired, you get promoted. And you're going to make more money. And it's true. Um, so I went into that. I listened to that instead of the chatter and the fear. And everyone else. Yeah. And, and what could I control about it anyway? I was doing the best I possibly could at my job. Totally. There was nothing else to give. So I would just go and like get a massage and I would come back and problems would resolve themselves. Yeah. Because I wasn't reacting and going into that vortex. 100%. Yes. Today, same thing happened. Power went out at Seoul. <laughs> Get the call. We have an emergency. Mercury I'm like, yes. And I'm like, okay. Pull the card. It said, chill the fuck out. That's what the card was. That's chill hilarious. the fuck out. Hour late. You know, 930, it comes on. Okay. So we missed whatever, our morning yeah. wave. But still, it's like, what was I going to do? Sit there in panic and chaos? No, I didn't no. need it. I just sat there in peace. Yes. So I'm going to, I'm going to do what I have to do to make it happen, but I'm not going to get freaked out about it. Yeah. And, and there's that, that middle road you just described of being in the balance of I'm here, I'm doing what I can do. Yeah. I'm making all the solution. calls. I'm yeah. Yeah. ComEd's going to come out. Yes. But I'm also <laughs> recognizing I can't manifest them here immediately. Mm -hmm. There's not a wormhole. They're not going to just show up, you know, and <laughs> a lot of that's about anxiety, mm. you know, because we get addicted to that inside. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, like, if I don't push and this is a cultural thing, if yes. I don't push 100 percent, if I'm not gritting everything out, it's not going to happen. That's not true. Abundance is yin. It flows path of least, res least resistance. So when you chill out, you're going to find that you're making more money you're healthy, you know, the idea that you have to struggle to thrive is a nonsense myth. Let's go deeper into this because yes. I think this is what a lot of people on this line are unwinding and discovering for themselves and trusting. Yeah. Um, when did you realize this for yourself? Um, you know, it was interesting shortly after those um, little strokes, I call them the cute strokes because they were TIAs. They weren't full on. Um, I was in a very unpleasant work environment at a different company, like just for everybody. I mean, I was in a meeting where a man who was screaming at everybody turned around and another high level executive stood up and flipped him off behind wow. his back. Like it, it was tense for everybody. And after the medical issue, I was just like, oh yeah, I can't, I can't do anymore right now. I'm going to take time off. And then you notice like you still have a job. You still exist. You're like, wait, I'm still here. And you start destroying these myths you've told yourself about what you, quote, need to do in order to survive, thrive, make money, pay your bills. And then you start pushing boundaries with it. You go, OK, well, what if I do this? And it's amazing. The less I cared, the more successful I became. I mean, I was winning awards, being really playful. We created a, a service line based around a superhero. I mean, it was sort of hilarious, but these were things that were in flow and I kept doing better. Not the other way around. If anything, the struggle in trying to make everybody happy and getting myopic and in the minutia was preventing me from getting big wins at work. 
so clear. So do you just redirect people to find their joy, find their happy and live from that place and work from that place? That's a big part of it for a lot of people. A lot of people who come in for energy work, navel chakra and joyfulness and nurturing self is a big thing. But what's also interesting is people do have epigenetic, i.e. inherited trauma responses that are in their energy body. And that's usually root chakra, sacral chakra stuff. So that's around survival, money, power, Mm. you know. How do you teach someone? Because in some communities, that's that's extremely prevalent. And that's that's generational, generational, generational. How do we break free of that? The survival. Yes. The first thing is acknowledging it. So sometimes the acknowledgement comes after meditation. You go, yeah, that is interesting. What is that? I want to look at that. Or you know it ahead of time. And my biggest suggestion is just try to go into a meditative state for yourself and do a little epigenetic work, like visualize your your body or your energy body or visualize some of the traumas that happened and, and rewrite that. It's incredible. If you're in theta wave state, you can literally turn cancer producing genes on and off. Scientists have done these studies. So limitless possibilities. And the biggest thing though, sometimes is to kind of acknowledge what's not working. You know, like if you have a dysfunctional, toxic relationship with a parent, like I, I've had my entire life, that's a very hard thing because that's your parent. And as a child, you want parents, you know, but if every time you interact with, in my case, my mother, you get a UTI or a kidney stone, I'm yeah. an energy worker. I can't keep ignoring that. That's totally. a real thing. Totally. So maybe releasing that and asserting boundaries. And the irony in my situation was I communicated that. And all of my siblings and I uh, talked more than we had in years. So it's not always about what you're losing, too. When you acknowledge and you get real about your own paradigm, like it's not what I want it to be. It's this. You'll get other things. All kinds of other good things come your way. So beautifully said. Well, you were you were on number two. What's the third lesson, greatest lesson you've learned this lifetime? The third lesson is, you know, you you really cannot control other people. You can't control the economy. Trust me, even experts are not going to be able to control this economy. There are forces that have their own trajectory and their own momentum. So in terms of your happiness, it's never going to come from achieving something external from yourself. I mean, it's good to have goals. Trust me. Don't just give up and go live in a monastery unless you want to. But getting yourself happy every day, you will be successful. Like you don't have to sacrifice, but that has to come first. And by the way, most times when you have issues in a workplace situation, it's because you're being reactive or you're afraid or you're in scarcity. And and that will result in real problems. Mm -hmm. That's how PIPs happen. Mm -hmm. Performance improvement plans. I love your little acronyms. I know that's not yours, but that's just really funny. So 2020 has been a wild ride. And and from a lot of people that I chat with, they're saying like the evolution gets to happen now. Like people really get to make a choice. Yes. It's no longer this. Ah, uh, that sounds great, Rachel. Like, can you share? Are you at are you at that point with your clients where you're just yeah. like, listen, we got to go. We got to evolve. Like you don't really yes. have a choice anymore. Yeah, um, I I let them come to me. But when they come to me, we're we're pretty blunt about what's going on because, you know, I've been just getting my own spiritual downloads. I think a lot of big myths are going to fall apart. And so people have to be good in in here and in here going into that. Things like in 2008, everyone, you know, prior to that would say real estate never goes down. It, of course it does. You know, math is math. And we're, our economy is hilarious. We have negative interest rates. I mean, it's mathematically impossible things. I think there's going to be 
further fallout from the quarantine economically and entire industries like the restaurant industry. Maybe five to 10% of restaurants are going to survive the rest of the year. So yes, you are going to evolve now. You're going to handle your shit for lack of a better term, energetically, psychologically, emotionally, or the next several months are going to be really, really hard. So do you, it's like, do you want to do the easy way or do you want to do the hard way? It feels hard now, but I'm telling you, it's the easy way. And if you can't manage to do your own self-care, just basic stuff right now, you know, it's, it's not going to get easier this Mm -hmm. year, right? Mm -hmm. It's not. Mm -hmm. What are your most important self-care practices? Um, I cook a lot. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Cooking is very grounding. Yeah. Handling. We just had my mom on the pod. We cook together. Yes. Yeah. Cooking puts you back in a human rhythm. It's tangible. There's an achievement at the end. You get to feed yourself. Mm -hmm. Learning how to cook is, I think, you know, democratizing food is another thing that absolutely has to happen in the world. Totally. Yeah. Food feels weird and alien to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and it goes in our bodies. So Mm -hmm. doing that, um, I take a salt bath every day, usually after meetings or sessions, get all that energy off of Mm -hmm. me before I go to bed. Um, And the other thing I do is I let myself just screw around a little bit, you know, and it always feels kind of naughty because I'm one of those efficient people. That's that's my drug of choice is efficiency. Right. Seems Um, that way. Yes. A lot of (laughs) jokes in my house about me being efficient, a bit of a tyrant at dinner parties (laughs) and things like that. But like sitting on the couch and letting yourself watch a few episodes of like a science fiction show like Raised by Wolves on HBO blew my mind. I, it makes you feel a bit like a kid. Mm-hmm. You, you remember when you didn't have time scarcity constantly. Totally. And, and it, remember like in middle school, there was no real internet. You were playing mm-hmm. like the Oregon Trail mm-hmm. on computers. Mm-hmm. I was happier. Yeah, totally. sure, I was in middle school. Totally, so I So I didn't agree. have any responsibilities really. But, you know, it's, you can give yourself that again right? Oh, and a fourth is I walk my dog everywhere. Oh, yes. He, when you see the world through an animal's eyes and you have that experience, it's hysterical. And you realize like all the stuff you get nerved up about, it's so stupid um, because they're just way more organic and connected to this world than I am Mm -hmm. at least. So they're just unconditionally loving everything all the time. He's my therapist. That's our therapy time. I love that. Yes. Um, what's, so what are you most excited about or what, what's something important you want to share about 2020 and where we're at as a world? And yeah, there's a bunch of leaders listening. Like what's important for them to know? How can we prepare ourselves, prepare our teams? I think it's, it's going to be about compassion and, and personal ethics. Yes. And I know that a lot of female leaders are thrilled to hear that because, you know, looking at what's already come out in the news about Epstein. Nexium, you know, all these situations. There's going to be more in the corporate world, I'm sure of it. The whole Me Too movement sort of started to shake the dust out of the rug. We're not near done yet. So, in terms of day to day, what's needed and what's going to work long term, not short term, is being compassionate and being a human being to other people Mm -hmm. and having that be the driving ethics. Because if you look at unhealthy, toxic cultures where corporate crime happens or political scandals, a lack of compassion, treating human beings other than what they are, Mm -hmm. or people seeing things they didn't like, I don't like the way that human's being treated and not saying anything, et cetera, right? The time for that's done. It's it's actually a risk. 
It, yeah, it's a risk liability issue too. It's ethics aside, yeah, it's doing the right thing and that should matter to you, but it's also the smart business move because business is going to be hard. If you get sued right now, it's going to knock you out. You don't have the surplus of cash you had before for NDAs and settlements and no one's even enforcing NDAs anymore. Like, yeah, the truth has this bad habit of always coming out. And I think it's accelerating. And, you know, if you treat your team well and you're transparent and honest, you treat them like human beings, they're going to they're gonna overperform for you. They are. So stop trying to squeeze blood out of stone. It's a human being. And I, I'm, I'm a human supremacist. I think we're great. We went and got our marriage license this morning, by the way, at the city. Congratulations. Thank you. The records building. And the guys who work at that building at 69 West Washington, they know everything. They're like, yep, go down here, take that, take that. Good morning. Everybody Aww. was friendly. It was great. It was one of the best experiences. And you I've never had. have that at those buildings. That's that's great news. Well, an AI kiosk is not going to do that any more efficiently than a human being right. who shows up and is organic and sees, oh, okay, that entrance is closed today, so I'm going to direct people. Yeah. You know, humans are great. Help Be a great out. human. Yeah, help, help them out. Remember they're carbon-based, you know? They're not numbers on a spreadsheet. I love it. Everyone on this path is working to be more compassionate, working to be a better leader, and they want to really understand and deeper dive into their own inner knowing. Like yeah. all the gifts, all the tools that you've that you've uncovered through the years. Well, how can you guide someone to greater know their truth, their intuition? So I'm going to go a little science-based with okay, this. Go so for it. Science has recently discovered that phrases like gut feeling mm. or, you know, wow, she has backbone, all of that. There's neurological origins for that. Mm -hmm. So gut feeling, you know, the vagus nerve system, we have a huge cluster of brain cells in our stomach. We've got a huge cluster of brain cells around our heart. Totally. You know, all these different parts in your body. So you don't have to go full metaphysical. You could just check in with your body and go, how did that make me feel physically? Mm. The other day there was an uncomfortable moment at Whole Foods with someone who's just given orders to, you know, do things. But there was a little girl in a T-shirt and he was putting her outside to wait in the line. Hmm. You know, it was 40 degrees outside, right? The whole point is we're supposed to be keeping people healthy. Yeah. So let's not, and she's a human, she's a child. And it made my heart physically hurt a bit. My chest got tight and my stomach hurt a little bit. So I said something and I left. I didn't shop. Yeah, I didn't need to shop. I was like, oh. what am I even here to get? Probably scotch. So it's you know, <laughs> probably for the best anyway. But you know, and I didn't get in a huge big fight or make a scene, but I let him know that there's a common sense solution available to 100%. him. All the time. All the time. So in, in just checking in in your body, like if you're around a coworker and every time you're talking to them, you get a headache and it's in the same part of your head. Pay attention to that. They might have a little bit of that energy vampire thing. Mm. Lower back pain. You know, why do I tense up? What am I doing when I'm in a meeting with these people? Mm. Why is it hitting me here? basic stuff. You don't even need a chakra map for it. I love it. So just paying attention. Just what paying I'm hearing. And getting in touch with your body on a basic, basic level. And to do that, you cannot be, you know, under the influence all day long, all night long, because you're going to dull those neural pathways mm -hmm. and you're not going to feel that. Um, sometimes just basic physical activity puts you back in touch with your body. Like even meditation, you go, oh, my foot kind of hurts. I didn't even realize my foot hurt because mm -hmm. we're so in here all the time. Totally. Yeah. There's nerves, brain cells all over the place. They're trying to talk to you. I love it. What's your vision for the future? I'm excited for the future. Yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> as bleak as it sounds when you tune into the news and all of yeah. that. Uh, so I, I like to quote the Joker because I, I love comic books. 
And he always says, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Now, mm -hmm. mind you, he's a homicidal maniac, but that's how I view our society right now. Like some things have to come off. The train has to come off the tracks a little bit. And I think we're past band-aids for a lot of things. So they have to collapse. But what comes after that, we've learned a lot. You know, we're smart. We're going to figure out maybe how to build these things better so they work for human beings. I always think of the movie The Big Short and the end of it when the character Mark Baum, based on Stephen Eisman, is saying it's not that fraud or theft is bad or it's not nice. It's that it has literally never in 4,000 years of human history ever worked. So right. I think we're going to build things that work. And I think there are a lot of thought leaders that are really smart and they're not going to have the challenges some other companies are going to have and they're going to be there ready to, ready to help. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, do you see us coming back to like society where we're, we're like helping each other out more, more communal? That's yes. what everyone's saying. Like, I think we're going to decentralize. Yeah. Um, what NAFTA did and with multi, you know, multinational corporations and that kind of consolidation, industry consolidation, corporate real estate, what I worked in, there used to be dozens of firms. As of last year, there were three. Now there's possibly going to be two or one. That's not good for individuals as employees, as end users, you know, the other shareholders besides the stock shareholders. Um, I also think that we are going to all like in COVID, we learned, for instance, the industrial food chain, the supply chain is incredibly tenuous. It's very fragile. Why? That's silly. We have farms everywhere in Chicago. Totally. There's farms all over the Midwest. So figuring out how to buy food from farmers, how to get yourself out of dependence on these centralized Beautiful. global providers. And also make friends, like real people. Yeah. Like I love that. bring them soup or something. You know, people have surgery. Yes. Yeah, they need they need things. And a lot of people aren't married. You know, this has been very hard for them. So, so isolated, yeah. Mental yeah. health. Connecting in real life mm -hmm. is really critical. And let's say, for instance, there's, you know, at some point a blackout. Maybe just in Chicago, maybe it's weather-based. What do you do? You know, do you have people you can call that can help you? Do you have people that you know you will need to help? It, and we take a lot of things for granted that our cell phones are always going to work every day, the internet. If you know where someone lives, you can just walk over to their house and knock on the door, you know, throw a little pebble at their window and hopefully not break it. But, you know, getting, getting into your real community is going to be very critical, I think. And I also think small businesses and mid-cap businesses are going to absolutely flourish because they're going to provide a good or service of value to human beings tangibly in their area. Yes. I love that. What does activate mean to you? Um, well, I've been using that phrase a lot because a lot of my clients are, quote, getting activated, okay. literally. So they are, their energy bodies are lighting up. They do not want to do their day job anymore. Not that that's bad, but now they're, they're getting almost called to serve at a time when they will be of service, right? Um, and they're really excited about it. And the other thing is, you know, if there's a bit of an economic contraction, being very polite when I say that, people may not have a choice anymore. Like, I got laid off. My choice was really simple. It was awesome. And I said, okay, I'll just do this. And that's great. You know, and I think a lot of that, it, it, oh, they're getting activated not just to help others, but to help themselves too. Yes. Love that. They're ready now. They're ready to go fly. Is there anything else that you, you haven't shared that, that you feel is important that you want? People um, to know. Just that people should be their own advocate. We have agency. And anytime the economy gets a little challenging, fraud skyrockets, especially around self-help, 
religion, you know, all these things like it, it, the running joke is the um, recession proof businesses are liquor stores, churches and strip clubs. <laughs> and now our concept of church is much broader. It's mm -hmm. spirituality. It's, yeah. it's personal coaches, abundance coaches, all this stuff. So listen to your body. If you get a weird thing in your viscera, if you will, listen to yourself. Not everybody's going to be for you and, and really take charge of your own direction with your personal growth, with your business, as I, specifically to female business owners, don't ever feel like you're being, you know, bitchy. If you say, sorry, no thanks, I don't want to engage you for your services anymore, you have to. And there's probably a reason for that. The intuitive mind is very sharp about who's on the up and up, who's capable, and maybe who's not. Such great advice. Where can we find you? Tell us about what you're offering right now. People yeah. remote, people local. All of the above. Okay. I actually love remote work. Okay. And I've always so we done have it. an audience all over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, energy does not care if you're in the room or not. I like meeting people, but it doesn't interfere actually with a session. I do energy work remotely, tarot readings, everything I do in person, with the exception of maybe yoga, I do remotely as well. And what I'm suggesting for people is to come in for energy work because it gives you a lot of data too, you know, but you also get the benefit of feeling a little bit better and things will, after a session, start to really integrate afterwards. So yeah, it's, it's totem readings and you can find me on the web, totemreadings.com. Email is best because I'm in sessions and it's awesome. rude to take phone calls when you're energetically working with someone's Akasha. Yeah, that is rude. Yeah, it's rude. <laughs> so I don't do it. Please email her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So totemreadings.com. What about IG? Are you on social? Oh yeah, I'm on Instagram. Okay. Totem Rach. Totem Rach. Nice and simple. I am not on Twitter. I, I am a voyeur on Twitter. And um, let me think what else. Yeah. And, and just check me out on Yelp, I would say, because I have hilarious, great clients who write like really specific personal stories of not even necessarily just what they experience with me, but like their spiritual journey. Yeah. It's hysterical. It's awesome. I love it. So That's go awesome. there. If you, if you don't know how to maybe proceed, I would always suggest read, read people's reviews. I you love get a that. Real Cause sense. you work with like a, a lot of top executives. Right? I do. Like, yeah, yeah. Business drivers, owners, yeah. lawyers, doctors, um, people who are, have their own businesses for the most part. And cool. it's, it's a group that wants to learn more and wants to get into it, but doesn't want to have to make it their entire lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, their life's working, so it shouldn't have to come apart yeah. to be spiritual. What are you most excited about in your life? Well, I'm actually getting married, which yes! I don't think I would ever do again, <laughs> again, again. And I'm just excited about, you know, frankly, this is going to sound a little messed up. I'm excited about some of the, the infrastructure that's not serving us coming apart. I am. I think it's really going to be emancipating. I think we're all going to acknowledge that we're humans first, mm -hmm. not Democrat, not Republican, not woman, not man. I was watching The Vow the yeah. other day, the yeah, latest yeah. episode, and his whole thing about men and women being so different was just his own stuff. All a projection of his own. As such a projection. Workings. And I think we're seeing past a lot of that. And it took us being disappointed with everybody mm -hmm. all at the same time and disillusioned existential crisis, the whole thing. But now we're like, oh, but I like the people I meet. Humans aren't so bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I just am very optimistic mm -hmm. about it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being thank generous you. with your time and your gifts. Go check her out, you guys. 
I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. I've shouted her out in the past and I'm going to shout her out again. Her name is Jessica Zweig. She's one of my good friends here in Chicago, women's empowerment advocate, founder of Simply Be. Um, shouting her out and her podcast out because I know it's going to be a great tool for you guys to grow your life and your business. Uh, it's the Simply Be podcast and it's for those who seek to make massive changes in their life and business by creating a stronger connection with what makes you you. Jess believes that when you free yourself to simply be yourself, your confidence grows, your joy expands, and your value increases. She has incredible guests on her show. She teaches you all about life, business, and personal branding. You guys can head on over and find her at Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. You'll get an amazing playlist in your inbox if you subscribe and review from our mutual friend, Megan Taylor, who I'll have on this podcast as well. And yes, I love supporting other women who are incredible, who have helped me on my journey, and I know will help you on yours as well. Jess has a book coming out in February. It's incredible called B. You can pre-order it on Amazon. And until next week, stay activated. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please share this episode and DM us. We'd love to interact with you about all you learn and create from this. If you love this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe to get real-time updates when all new episodes go live. And if you can, please leave us a review. It will help us grow our community and our message to support more leaders on their growth journey. If you want to continue to hang out with me, follow me on Instagram at Laura E. Holloway and subscribe to my weekly newsletter at lauraeholloway.com for weekly downloads, blogs, upcoming workshops, events, and more. Stay aligned and make your move. I'll see you next week.